All right, so tonight we're back in John chapter 3. And there are only, well, two, two of us here last week, but only one uh, who's, who's present. So we'll do some brief uh, review, uh, but then we'll uh, move on uh, into the, the rest of the chapter. And let's just uh, read through this uh, last part in chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 23. So, now when he was in Jerusalem, you know, Jesus at the Passover feast, many believed in his name uh, when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. And so, how the people believed, uh, and here in John, uh, that's usually just sort of a one-time deal. Uh, he performed signs and wonders, so at that time, they believed. While uh, seeing, seeing the amazing signs uh, that they couldn't deny, uh, the miracles uh, that he was performing, uh, but you see again and again that it's revealed over time that it's not an ongoing, abiding uh, trust that they have in the Son, uh, that their perception of who he is is too small, it's too little. They might recognize him as some, uh, some miracle worker, as a prophet, as the prophet. Uh, they might seek to make him a, a king over them, but their conception of who he is uh, is too small. Uh, it's not accurate. Uh, it doesn't, they don't recognize him as uh, the eternal son who came down from the father uh, to give life to the, the world uh, through his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, they don't recognize him as the source of eternal life. Uh, they don't recognize him as their eternal uh, creator uh, who has come and tabernacled among them in their midst. Uh, and so they do not, they, they may, they, yep, saw the signs, believed at that time, but they do not believe uh, the words that the Father has given him uh, to proclaim. Uh, they uh, do not believe the, the scriptures uh, in uh, what they testify and communicate about him. Uh, a lot of times they, they might not even believe John the Baptist, and sometimes they don't even believe in his signs and works. But uh, signs and wonders uh, are not adequate uh, to just see him as some miracle worker. Uh, and even in Deuteronomy 13, as we were seeing uh, a couple weeks ago, that's not an adequate test for a true prophet. A true prophet had to be from among their brothers. So if some foreign prophet comes along performing signs and wonders, uh, forget it. Uh, that's not, he's not from God. Uh, and even if people are performing signs and wonders, but they contradict what God has revealed previously, they're a false prophet. And if what they say doesn't come about and come true, they're a false prophet. You're not to be afraid of them. Uh, they're to, to put them to death. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's inadequate uh, just for him to be some miracle worker. Yep. I was just noticing when it says, so when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Mm -hmm. I think this is talking about his true followers later on remembering mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. 
So I think he's really. Or in the in the previous in the previous section. That's that's the section before we read, uh, and so that's at the the temple, uh, and so it talks about. So the Jews said to him, uh, "What sign do you show us for doing these things?" Uh, verse eighteen. Uh, Jesus cl- clearing out the temple and overturning the the tables and uh, seeing his zeal for uh, his uh, his father's house and uh, his be uh, cursed and necessarily say for for true worship uh, of God uh, and like David he even suffers. Uh, for uh, his his zeal for uh, for God, uh, the, uh, the the powers that be in Jerusalem uh, don't want him uh, shaking up uh, their uh, their business and such, and how how they run things. And so uh, Jesus answered them, "Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up." Uh, the Jews then said, "It has taken forty six years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days." But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Uh, When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. And then we start a a new section. Now, uh, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. And so it's reestablishing the setting uh, for for what what follows. Uh, And even... Yeah, so verse uh, 23 uh, in, in Greek, Ostain enti sirus solimis en topaska ente orte. The the, it's a connective, signals a change. Uh, and then you have a temporal setting in time. Uh, it's still Passover, but it reestablishes the setting for. Uh, for what follows. And so it helps break up the, the previous section. Uh, so now we're going on to uh, a new part, uh, but resuming at the, the Passover feast, which even the whole feast of unleavened bread could be called the, the Passover feast over those uh, seven days from the 14th to the 21st. And so uh, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, uh, many believed in his name uh, when they saw the signs that he was doing but Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in a man. And so you have the contrast uh, between, uh, between them, uh, the, the, the many, uh, who believe seeing the, just the mere signs and miracles uh, and wonders that he was doing, uh, but then Jesus did not... It's actually the same word for him in, uh, in Greek. Jesus did not uh, entrust himself uh, to, uh, to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. And so they don't truly understand and grasp who this is. This is just some uh, miracle worker. Maybe shut that door too. I think that one's open as well. Uh, and so... But Jesus knows and needs no one to tell him. And who knows man? Who knows what's in man? Who's the heart knower? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's using the, the very language. Uh, here's, here's the uh, eternal word who tabernacled among us. And now, uh, as we saw last week, 
Again, chapter markers, not, not original. And so you, you have to be able to read through them. Now there was a man. Now there is a man. So Jesus knew it was in man. Here, we, we have one. We found one. <laughs> uh, and so it connects right, right in. Now there is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, and so Nicodemus uh, of the Pharisees, a ruler of the, the Jews or the Judeans, uh, associated with uh, uh, Judea, uh, the, the territory that uh, after the kingdom was divided, uh, that central tribe, uh, the whole region became known as Judea uh, because it was associated with the uh, southern kingdom. Uh, you had the other uh, tribes or many of them who were de deported and such. And so the whole region became known as uh, Judea. And so they were called uh, Judeans. And so here's a, a very prominent man, uh, as we'll see. Uh, and even later on, you find out he's from the Sanhedrin. Uh, that, uh, and so he's a well-known uh, teacher of uh, the, the Judean uh, people. And let's just go ahead and read uh, through. And we'll read through to verse uh, uh, 21. And we'll see, as we started last week, uh, we'll see uh, Nicodemus address him. Might sound good at first. He's acknowledging him as a teacher from God, but just mere teacher, mere sign, miracle worker. And uh, Jesus is going to turn the tables. Uh, so he's going to talk about uh, him. Uh, uh, coming, coming from God, and the people even, they saw the signs uh, that he was uh, doing, uh, and he'll talk about no one is able to do the things you, you do unless God is with him. So there are people who can do it, it's just God is with him, God is with you. Uh, and, but not able, well Jesus is going to turn the tables, uh, unless one is born from above, born again, but uh, probably first born from above, but there's ambiguity that Nicodemus will play off of. Unless one is born from above, he cannot, is not able to see the kingdom of God. And so the people believe when they see his miracles uh, and he's saying, no one can do these things you do unless God is with them. No one is able, uh, well, no one is able to, uh, uh, un unless one is uh, born from above, he cannot, is not able to see the kingdom of God. And so he's going to kind of play off of what Nicodemus is saying. It's all about being born from above. It's all about the, the new birth. Uh, and then uh, Nicodemus, again, kind of playing off of that. Well, can you, can a man, when he's old, enter into his, enter into his mother's womb a second time? Uh, and Jesus will say, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from water, in the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Can't see, cannot enter. Uh, and so you, you have three interchanges. Uh, the first is about uh, seeing uh, the kingdom of God. You, you must be born from above. Uh, the second is about, is about uh, being born from the water and the spirit to enter the kingdom of God. And then uh, thirdly, you'll see Nicodemus's answers get shorter and shorter. Uh, Jesus is going <laughs> to talk longer and longer as uh, Nicodemus is... Uh, confounded and befuddled. Uh, Jesus will then speak about 
uh, his testimony from heaven, him coming from heaven, uh, and the, the purpose of God uh, to give eternal life, to save. Uh, and so uh, the last section, you, you could say Jesus' testimony, uh, Jesus' mission uh, to, to save, give eternal life, uh, and judgment. Uh, you'll end with. So let's just uh, read through. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Uh, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, uh, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again or from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. While the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And so now let's just uh, work through. We already saw uh, Nicodemus. Uh, uh, now there's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Uh, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, so, a prominent man, Jesus knows what's in man. Uh, they believed when they saw the signs, but uh, Jesus does not entrust himself to, uh, to them because he knows what's uh, in man. Uh, and also he, 
uh, came to Jesus uh, by night. And so he really came by night. But you also see throughout the the gospel, uh, you'll see things like uh, Jesus will say uh, that uh, there are 12 hours in a day. Uh, Whoever uh, walks while there is light, whoever uh, whoever walks in the light uh, does not stumble. Uh, Talking about him, himself, uh, believing in him. You see that like in the chapter with Nicodemus, uh, chapter 11 and such. Uh, And so uh, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And so to walk in in the light, uh, in faith, uh, in Christ, uh, in the anointed, uh, is uh, to to know the light and to to walk in it while he's he's present. Uh, The one who came to uh, bring salvation and give life uh, to uh, his people, uh, Jew and uh, Gentile. Uh, And uh, you'll even see, for instance, the Pharisees and religious leaders uh, that at his trial, they gather during the night. Which may have been, I know Eric has spoken about it, may have even been illegal by their own laws. As actually just uh, listening to uh, uh, the book, The, the Death of uh, Caesar, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the, the author's name, uh, but he, he was talking about the, uh, the, the Senate, uh, even their Senate, uh, could only gather with the dawn, and they couldn't meet after night. And maybe they had some exception for that, but uh, they couldn't meet after night. And so a lot of times uh, night covers up the, the deeds of darkness uh, when people are plotting, and, uh, and they did that. They, they met nighttime when they are plotting against Caesar and such. Uh, and so it's just characteristic of humans. Uh, a lot of times people are up to, to no good at night. Uh, and so... Uh, they hold his trial, uh, throw together this trial uh, by night and uh, with Annas and Caiaphas and then go to Pilate and uh, they're trumping up charges even when they, they can't find two or three witnesses. Uh, they're consistent in their testimony. Uh, they're trumping up charges and blasphemy charges, but then with Pilate and the Romans, well, uh, they don't accept Jewish blasphemy charges, so uh, they, they have to come up with a insurrection against, uh, against Caesar, against uh, the Romans. Uh, Tiberius Caesar at the time, and so they they have to they, they have their show trial, and so again and again you you see this theme of light and darkness. Jesus uh, is the light, uh, uh, in him was life. You see that like in the prologue, uh, and Nicodemus now, yeah he, he comes at night, but Nicodemus is also spiritually blind in in darkness at this point, uh, but later uh, he'll go with uh, Joseph. Uh, meet Joseph of Arimathea uh, and uh, to go and bury the body. Uh, and even then, I guess it was before sundown, they're, they're trying to do it before the, uh, the, uh, the, the Sabbath. Uh, and so uh, you see that he comes to faith. And so John uses this both, yeah, he came at night historically, <laughs> this event happened at that time, but he also weaves uh, themes together and such about uh, uh, the person work of, of Christ and uh, unbelief and belief. And so uh, this, uh, now there's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher in Hebrew, uh, we know that you are a teacher uh, come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So maybe it sounds good, 
Wow, we, we have this uh, religious leader who recognizes Jesus as a teacher. He's a prominent man. Of, uh, we even find uh, of the, the Sanhedrin who comes to him and calls him, calls him rabbi. That's very humble and calling him a teacher. Uh, but Jesus is not just any old teacher. He's not just any old uh, miracle worker. Uh, he's far, far more. Uh, it's not enough to just believe the, uh, the signs. Yeah, believe the signs. You see, his disciples did that. But you also have to believe his word in the, the scriptures. And so uh, Jesus is going to uh, turn things on their head. You saw those who saw the signs uh, and no one is able to do the, is able to do the signs. And so he, he now plays off of that uh, in their first interchange back and forth. Uh, verse three, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so instead of, now, as uh, Carson and Aselli say, there is kind of an implicit question. He acknowledges him as a teacher, but it's kind of looking for more. Uh, who are you? What's your message? You know, from, uh, from, from God, uh, looking for him to uh, speak. And so Jesus, you might think at least, would say, oh, thank you for noticing. You know, <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I, am, I am a teacher come from God, and yet I have done these signs. And uh, such and maybe as a prophet uh, address him but he, uh, Jesus uh, turns the tables uh, to much more important things uh, not enough to uh, uh, to believe the signs you need to be born from above or you won't even see the kingdom of God yeah you saw the signs and didn't believe but uh, you need to be born from above if you're going to see the, the kingdom and so uh, verse 4 uh, Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And so playing off the ambiguity of born from above, born again, can be read both ways. But again, again, you see Jesus comes from above, uh, that the, the spirit comes from above. Uh, you, you'll see that like with uh, uh, John the Baptist uh, following and such. To be born from above is to be born from God, uh, from, from heaven. Uh, but uh, Nicodemus uh, is a <laughs> good uh, rabbi and Pharisee. Uh, sometimes uh, in their debates and such, uh, kind of playing off of and turning off of uh, what, what Jesus uh, is saying. Born again? Born a second, second time? Uh, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter, into, enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And now Nicodemus is likely an old man uh, speaking as a member of the, the Sanhedrin. What are you talking about? What are, what are you getting at? Born a, a, again? Born a, a second time? And for him, it's all, it's all fleshly. It's just a human thing. It's, it's human birth. Well, you've been born once. Why, why, why would you need to do that again? You know, you're, you're born and you're here. Uh, why, why would you need to repeat, uh, repeat your, uh, your birth? Can an old man go into his mother's womb and be born a second time? Which is uh, uh, pretty absurd. Uh, sounds very, very, very ridiculous. It would be uh, to, to even attempt such a thing. So, what are you talking about? 
Uh, and so uh, Jesus uh, responds again. Uh, he picks up, enter into mother's womb. That's not what he's talking about. Enter the kingdom. Uh, and so we'll see this is synonymous. Uh, it's just part and parcel being born from above, uh, from water and the spirit, uh, from uh, to see the kingdom, to enter it. Uh, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born. Again, or born from above. Uh, and so, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water in the spirit, he cannot enter uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And so go to uh, Ezekiel uh, 36. I forget, Ezekiel may draw on this. Uh, you see similar themes, ideas uh, go into like chapter 32. Uh, also, maybe it's around uh, Ezekiel 10. Uh, you have certain ideas uh, throughout Ezekiel, but Ezekiel 36 uh, is the big one. Uh, and here, after all the, the judgments uh, that have come upon uh, Israel, upon the nation, uh, finally turns to uh, judging their uh, enemies. And here they're sent away in the Babylonian captivity. Uh, and then it looks to the, the days to come uh, where God is going to redeem his people. Uh, and he speaks, he even addresses the mountains uh, and says, uh, talks about the, the nations that profaned uh, them and say that they devour the people and uh, destroy the people. Maybe kind of like in Numbers where they said the land eats its inhabitants. <laughs> as they're standing there with all the fruit and the figs and <laughs> God had promised. Oh, Tomorrow's its inhabitants. What's that you're holding there? <laughs> Looks like it feeds it uh, feeds its inhabitants pretty, pretty well. Uh, and so uh, then as you get into verse 16, uh, God talks about his zeal uh, for uh, his uh, holy name. And then let's see, go from uh, verse, uh, we'll look at, Look at verse uh, 19. And he talks about pouring out his wrath, his judgment on the house of Israel. Uh, I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed through the countries in accordance with their ways and their deeds. I judged them. But when they came to the nations, uh, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name. Uh, in, that pe uh, in that people uh, said of them, uh, these are the people of Yahweh, and yet they had to go out of the, uh, his land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations uh, to which they came. And so verse 22. Now, so after, after that, after the judgment that's come upon him and uh, the profanation of, of God's name being drugged through the, the dirt, uh, by the peoples because of his people rebelling against him. Therefore say to the house of Israel, uh, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, 
which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am uh, Yahweh, declares the Lord God. Uh, when through uh, you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. And so here, the, the section, uh, verse 25, after taking them, gathering them out of the nations, out of exile, uh, back uh, into the land that he swore uh, to their fathers to give them. Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. From all your uncleanness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And so their uncleanness, their sin, uh, their impurity, uh, all of their guilt, uh, in their rebellion uh, against him, the, the shame uh, that goes with it. Uh, God uses the, the very sort of priestly language of sprinkling clean water on, on them. He's going to purify them, cleanse them uh, of all their sin, all their guilt, all their idols uh, in the land, and remove them so that they'll, they'll be uh, pure uh, before him. As if uh, they... They had never uh, sinned or rebelled uh, against him and worshipped uh, these uh, unclean images and uh, spirits. And so uh, you see the, the cleansing of their uncleanness and sin. Uh, and then I think Kirsten uh, Nacelli called this then uh, spiritual uh, renewal. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh heart that responds uh, to God is no longer hard, stubborn, uh, but one that's uh, responsive to God, to his word, uh, to his teaching, wisdom, commandments, uh, his spirit. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And so that's all, that's all of grace. You see the cleansing of sin, uh, but you also see a cause you uh, by my spirit, to walk in my commandments uh, in statutes. It's not because of anything in them, inherent in them, but it's all, it's all the work of God. But then, because of his work, they will. They will walk in uh, his statutes. Uh, and be careful to obey uh, my rules. Uh, you, this language is also, it's from Deuteronomy. Where do you have that? Around 30, 32, 31, 32. Uh, where you have these, God made provision for repentance uh, under the, the Old Covenant, but that wasn't promised uh, to every last individual under the covenant. And so there's hope now, and now as Ezekiel and Jeremiah talk about a new covenant, uh, now for all the peoples who, belong, who truly belong to the new covenant, uh, God will cause them uh, to, to walk in his uh, statutes. And so 
It won't be a mixed covenant anymore with uh, a believing remnant uh, in the rest and unbelief and rebellion. But now as one people uh, with uh, one heart, uh, one voice, uh, will uh, we'll praise God, uh, will uh, serve him uh, and, and obey him. And so verse 28 uh, you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant, and lay no famine upon you. I will make the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field abundant, that you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds uh, that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares Yahweh God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Uh, thus says uh, the Lord God, On the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited, and the waste places shall be rebuilt, and the land that was desolate shall be tilled instead of being the desolation that it was in the sight of all who passed by. And they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the garden of Eden, the garden of delight. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that are left all around you shall know that I am Yahweh. I have rebuilt uh, the ruined places and replanted that which was desolate. I am Yahweh. I have spoken and I will do it. Uh, thus says the Lord God. This also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. To increase their people like a flock. Like the flock for, for sacrifices. Like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feasts. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of people. Or flocks of men. Uh, then uh, they will know that I am Yahweh. And so God is shepherd too. You even see that earlier in Ezekiel uh, and Jeremiah, as D. Carson says, it's like 25 times, God, to, I, I will, I will, I will, I will shepherd my people. I will lead them to green pasture. I will feed them. I will heal the broken. I will uh, find the law, seek and find the lost. I will, I will, I will. I'll appoint David my servant. He will shepherd them. The one shepherd. Carson asks, what is the relationship between I and David? This David? Uh, uh, and then we even see Jesus probably drawn this, but verse uh, uh, chapter 37, you go into this new section. Uh, the hand of Yahweh uh, was upon me, Ezekiel says, and he brought me out in the spirit of Yahweh, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, uh, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, 
and I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am Yahweh. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Uh, Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, Uh, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says uh, the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. When I open your graves and raise you from the graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I am Yahweh. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares Yahweh. A lot of times there's a metaphor, wordplay, off of the wind and the spirit of God. Uh, Sometimes God miraculously acts uh, and he'll uh, manifest uh, his presence, his work, and uh, even bringing the quail uh, in with a great uh, gust of wind. Uh, A lot of times there's kind of a wordplay off of uh, God's spirit. Uh, uh, Present, active, powerful uh, to, uh, to, to work in his creation. Uh, you even see God's spirit all the way back uh, at the waters at the very beginning of creation, uh, present and powerful uh, to, uh, to bring the creation uh, into existence, uh, but then uh, to make it a, a fruitful habitations and to, to fill it. Uh, and so here you have this play off of uh, the wind and breath uh, of God. Uh, Jesus even says, receive the Holy Spirit and he breathed upon them. Uh, and so uh, this very language He'll call them out of their graves. He'll raise them out of the graves, like in John 5. Son does whatever uh, the Father does, whatever the Father uh, shows him. Uh, the day is coming uh, when those who are uh, in, in the grave uh, will hear the voice of the Son of God and will live. And you think about Matthew, uh, where the, uh, you had those who were raised from the graves. Let's go back to John chapter 3. Yeah, yep. I was just thinking, I was listening to you read through this, and it's interesting, I mentioned twice in here, it's not for your sake, in chapter 36, and then in verse 24, it talks about the blind, for my my sake of my holy name. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about Moses when he was interceding for the people, and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, don't do this to the people, you know, intercede because of your holy name, you know, what will the nations think of it? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, very, very good connection. And he appeals even to what God revealed about himself. He, he, he asked to God uh, to let me see your glory. Because you, you've said that I've known you by name. And God says, uh, no one can see my face and live. You'll, you'll see kind of the, is after 
I think John McCarthy liked his afterglow. <laughs> you know, uh, God will, will pass by uh, and he'll see this uh, just kind of uh, tail end of uh, radiant glory and light uh, that's uh, a manifestation of God's uh, presence uh, in, uh, in his uh, midst. But God doesn't just reveal this uh, grand display of blazing, radiant, supernatural uh, light uh, that, that uh, he, he creates, but he proclaims. He proclaims his name. Yahweh, Yahweh God, uh, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Uh, and talk, talks even about forgiving, uh, forgiving sins to, uh, to thousands of generations. And so he doesn't just see this uh, grand light show or light display of radiant blazing glory, but God speaks and Moses hears and he reveals something about himself and his, uh, his character. I think it's even uh, said in scripture, I'll have to look up the, the passage, I think it's in the Psalms, where even says that Yahweh exalts uh, his word above his name. It's like, wow. <laughs> and so it's through which he, he reveals uh, uh, himself and uh, condescends to speak to, uh, to Moses. Uh, but then, but he'll know, uh, by no means uh, pass over iniquity. Uh, and so, in Deuteronomy 32, you get to the end of this section where Moses, uh, there, there was, uh, you know, no one quite like Moses. Uh, he's he's a faithful servant in, in all my house uh, who knew God uh, face to face, panim el panim, uh, spoke mouth to mouth. So he had this intimate relationship with, uh, with God, but 120 years cut off like the flood generation. Moses, you shall see the land, but you shall not enter in. And in, <coughs> in Deuteronomy 32, and then 33, Moses' blessing, uh, in 32, the song that he was to teach Israel uh, from God as a witness, uh, God raises uh, his hand to heaven and swears, uh, I think by, by his name, or he swears by himself, and that he's going to redeem the people, and he's the only savior. He's going to redeem them. And so exactly what, what you're talking about. That, that's what like, Deuteronomy is looking at. God ultimately is the only perfectly uh, righteous uh, king and just judge and uh, faithful uh, priest and uh, prophet. Uh, he, he proclaims, he speaks uh, even from the mountain. He spoke to the man, the woman in the garden. He, uh, he judges and yet he clothes them in garments of skin. Uh, he's king and sovereign over all creation. And so it's really looking to the, the kingship and reign and rule of Yahweh uh, and, uh, and in his son who becomes uh, incarnate. So uh, chapter uh, three, uh, John chapter chapter three, that might, you know, it might seem, well, that seems kind of selfish or, you know, maybe if you're thinking sinfully wrong, that seems selfish of God, you know, kind of self-centered and, you know, we, we can't do that, you know, for the glory of our name. Uh, and you see man always tries to do that. <laughs> like at the Tower of Babel and uh, Cain and Lamech, he, he named the city after his son's name. Uh, but, but God, uh, if God did it for the sake of anyone else's name, 
He'd be an idolater. He's the standard of truth and goodness and, and beauty. Uh, and so... And so... He, he's, the, he's the standard of truth, beauty, goodness, righteousness, wisdom. And so if he did not first uh, act uh, according to his own uh, good pleasure and purposes and character, he'd be an idolater. Something else would be the standard. Something else would be uh, the, uh, the, the locus and the reference point for truth, beauty, goodness, uh, and righteousness. It wouldn't be very loving at all to the to the creation because you see when you you remove you remove the the standard uh from from god uh, instead of reflecting god's glory we reflect our own shame uh, and of creation uh god only god exists uh independently of all things independently of creation uh his assailant uh, his self-sufficiency uh he exists in and of himself everything else is dependent upon him and so he's transcendent in his uh, self-existence, uh, not depending on anything, but uh, he, he, he's present uh, in that the creation is utterly dependent upon him. And uh, he hasn't, uh, it's not that God has no interest uh, in his uh, creation. So back to uh, John 3. And so you see then uh, verse 5, Chapter 3, verse 5, uh, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, it's right from Ezekiel, uh, water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, mortal humanity, and often just sinful, fallen mortal humanity that returns to the dust. Anyone born of the, uh, the first man, uh, the first man, uh, the Adam, human, God made from the Adama, ground, to work the Adama, ground. And so he's characterized by the same basic created stuff uh, as the creatures, but God breathes into him the breath of life. And the woman, uh, the Ish, Isha, Isha, woman, uh, made from the Ish, man, to help the man, Ish. And so she shares in his likeness, but is different in man and woman. Uh, and then you see Seth is born. Uh, God made man in his likeness, uh, in his image after his likeness, but then Seth is born in the likeness of Adam, the first man. And so anyone who's, who's born, uh, who's a, a son of Adam, of the first man, who comes from humanity, is flesh, mortal humanity. And sinful, fallen, mortal humanity that returns to the dust and dies. Uh, and so to, to be born from humanity, uh, to be born from flesh, is to be characterized by flesh. But to be born from spirit, uh, in this case from God's spirit, is then to be characterized by spirit, spiritual life. Uh, not just uh, sinful, fallen, mortal humanity, but now the eternal life uh, that God provides uh, by uh, by his spirit. And so he then says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. And so it's all synonymous 
uh, in part, part and parcel different aspects of being born from God, born from above. And to even later say in the synagogue in Capernaum, uh, the words that I speak to you are uh, uh, spirit and life. I think it's spirit and life. Somebody talks about like spirit and truth, but uh, spirit and life. Uh, the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit who gives life. The words that I proclaim to you are spirit and life. Uh, to those that God opens their hearts and minds to, to believe his words uh, that uh, the son proclaims. And you see both uh, the words that uh, Jesus speaks and proclaims, uh, but then also the, uh, the scriptures uh, that testify of the, the same thing. Uh, they're uh, they're uh, then life-giving uh, when received uh, and believed uh, by the power of God's spirit. <coughs> so characteristic of uh, those words, they come from God. And all scripture comes from God, God breathed. Uh, the words that Christ speaks are from God. The works that he does are from God. And so uh, they're characterized by, uh, well, God and, and spirit, God's spirit. And so, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. Uh, the wind, and again, wordplay, could, could be spirit. Uh, the spirit blows where it wishes, but blows uh, t- typically goes with wind. So that's kind of what, what cues you, uh, the, uh, the analogy he's drawing, the comparison. Uh, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. And even there, same word, there are some sounds that are audible, intelligible, like voices, language, but then there are sounds that aren't characteristic of language, uh, and they use the same word for, for both, same word for in context, uh, depends on it. So you could almost have uh, the spirit uh, blows where he wishes, uh, and you hear his voice, but you do not know where he comes from or where he goes, but with the blowing, uh, the wind. Uh, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, uh, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And the comparison also shows his grand analogy with uh, wind. Uh, and so very similar to Ezekiel 36, 30, 37 that, that we saw with uh, uh, the new birth, new life, the Spirit, and even the dry bones and the wind and uh, breath and Spirit of God. It's interesting, I've read people and heard people say that the water and the spirit are two different things. You have baptism and the spirit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense with the context, you know, like you've been pointing out, like talking about one thing, the spirit is born of the spirit, the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it is with one who's born of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about one act and one thing. Like I, th- I think the whole thing that holds it together is being born from above. So born from God. And there are certain different aspects of that with the, uh, the cleansing uh, that comes, sprinkling clean waters, uh, which looks like to the, uh, the uh, cleansing of sins uh, and such, uh, and then the uh, spirit uh, at work uh, to cause them to walk uh, in the statutes. And we'll even see, as Jesus talks about uh, believing in his words, believing in him, uh, whoever confesses with his mouth, uh, Jesus is Lord, uh, will be uh, will be saved, and so there are certain like different aspects, but it's all the work of God. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a triune uh, triune work of Father, Son, and Spirit. Right. So, but to elevate water <coughs> yeah. to the realm of 
oh, here's a human thing you can do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Nah. It, it's like, here, here it's Ezekiel, so it's, it's talking about spiritual, uh, spiritual life. And here I'll, I'll read from uh, uh, Nacelli uh, and uh, D. Curzon. Uh, the effects of both the, uh, let's see, They say uh, the, the most plausible interpretation of born of water and the spirit is the purifying and transforming under, uh, or is the purifying and transforming new birth. Since Jesus expects Nicodemus to understand what he means, uh, the background to the concept is previous scripture. A water in the Old Testament often refers to the renewal or cleansing and uh, the most significant Old Testament connection brings together water uh, in spirit, uh, that brings together water and spirit is Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27, where water cleanses from impurity and the spirit transforms hearts. And so you have purifying and transformation uh, by, by the spirit. So born of water and the spirit signals a new birth that cleanses and uh, transforms. And so you, you have the, the cleansing uh, of sin, uh, even uh, our sin, our guilt and condemnation imputed to Christ that he bore and then his righteousness uh, not infused in us but reckoned to us. Uh, we are reckoned righteous. We are declared righteous. We are declared legally just before God because Christ uh, took our place. And so when we believe uh, our sins uh are reckoned to him and he bore them in his crucifixion, burial, and then resurrection on which we're, we're justified. Uh, and then his righteousness uh, reckoned uh, to, to our account, to our credit uh, because he took our place and fulfilled our righteousness. And so you have the purification of, uh, of sins there uh, as you uh, come to believe by the, by the power of the Spirit who then he enables us to repent, uh, to believe, uh, and uh, to then uh, begin to walk in God's statutes and eventually lead us to, to glory. Yep. Um, you know, I was noticing, you know, water and spirit, and then the next verse says that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And I don't think it's talking about the sinful flesh there. I think he's just talking about fleshly birth, because in the next verse it says, Don't be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. And applying, you were born once, but I think the first birth is actually physical. It's a physical oh, yep. and a spiritual. Yeah, that's right. That's right. However, there there is uh, there is the aspect that we're going to see uh, that's uh, built on, uh, and even uh, begins like earlier in John in the prologue that uh, to be uh, born uh, according to uh, human nature, following Adam, uh, is uh, to uh, to be born uh, sinful, immortal. The, the reason that we return to the dust uh, and you have human mortality uh, is because man uh, sinned and rebelled against God and everyone uh, is in uh, solidarity with Adam sharing in his corruption, uh, participating in his sin, his guilt, his uh, condemnation, walking in his ways uh, and uh, according to his ways. And so uh, you, you can have focus on 
uh, like mortal humanity, but why is man mortal? Uh, we're going we're to see. It's, it's because of uh, it's because it's bound up with uh, sinful, fallen, uh, mortal, uh, mortal man. But yeah, you do have focus on uh, mortal. But like David said, that uh, in sin, my mother uh, conceived me. Mm-hmm. It's not talking about her sin in there. Psalms about his sin, mm-hmm. about repentance toward uh, toward God in sin. My mother conceived me, and so just to share in uh, human fleshly nature, uh, there's a reason of the the morality and or mortality uh, in losing the the tree of life, and so he'll build on that though as we keep reading, and so that's characteristic of everyone, yeah, of mortal uh, humanity, everyone characteristic born uh, merely from. <clears throat> from a father and mother uh, versus uh, being born from God, born from the spirit, uh, which is characterized then by spirit and eternal life that only comes from uh, the, the power, the work uh, of God. And so like begets like, like produces, uh, produces like. And so uh, then, uh, let's see, picking up from there. And so we have uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is uh, spirit. Uh, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. And that's, uh, that's his central point, drawing on it again. It ties it all together. Uh, and then the analogy, the, uh, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it was with everyone born of the spirit. And you think of the prologue, uh, the world was created through him. Uh, he, he came into the world, but the world did not recognize him. Uh, he, uh, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. So Gentile, Jew, don't recognize him, don't know him, uh, don't receive him. Uh, everyone, but to those who did receive him, uh, who were, uh, or he gave the right to become children of God, uh, who were born not of blood, uh, nor uh, of uh, the, I think it's the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So it's not blood, it's not the will of the flesh, it's not, it's not a physical thing, uh, it's not a physical uh, act, it's not, it's not uh, a child coming from man and woman, it's not the will of man, it's not man's choice, it's not man's sovereign autonomous decision uh, apart from God, but of God. They're born of God. And that's, that's his whole point here. You have to be born from above, born from God. Uh, verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? How can these things be? So I can say now. Kind of repeating the, the same thing. Confounded, uh, befuddled consternation. Uh, how, how can these things be? Uh, third interchange, uh, and Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? You're the teacher of Israel? <laughs> that sounds very prominent. The teacher of Israel. Of all Israel? Of the kingdom? I mean, 
And you, you, you don't understand these things. You don't know Ezekiel 36? You haven't read Ezekiel 37? Well, regardless of the chapter markers, I mean, the promise of the new covenant, the promise of the Spirit uh, in the latter days to come, uh, of, of, of the kingdom to come, you do not know that you have to be born from the Spirit and that God will cleanse you of, uh, with, with his purifying waters uh, and put his Spirit in you and cause you to walk in his statutes and, and plant you in his kingdom as his people, uh, as, his, as his flock, is his fold? You don't know that? You're the teacher of Israel. Oh, we're short of time. This is as far as we got last time, but we didn't go into Ezekiel and, and all that. So it, it's kind of overlapped, but uh, layered uh, new things. And then we'll uh, definitely, definitely finish, uh, Lord willing, next week. Uh, and so you see then he echoes back to what Nicodemus was saying earlier. Teacher, we know, we know that, uh, Rabbi, we know that you uh, are a teacher come from God. For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. We, we, we. Uh, so not not just speaking for for himself, but you know, kind of very proper and uh, uh, important, and maybe even speaking uh, on behalf of uh, uh, maybe the San, Sanhedrin or some of the religious leaders and people and such. Uh, and so uh, verse. Uh, 11, and now he's talking about him as teacher. <laughs> he doesn't, but he doesn't believe Jesus, uh, who he is supposedly calling teacher. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you that we speak of what we know and we bear, and, and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. So he's playing off of, off of Nicodemus. <laughs> teacher, we know that you are uh, teacher come from God, uh, Jesus says, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. However, uh, as uh, Ron asked last week, well, we, talking like Trinity or, well, first off, I, I think Carson and Cecilia are right that he's playing off of you again and again. You see Jesus picks up uh, words and ideas that uh, Nicodemus says and uh, <laughs> turns them around on them. Uh, and plays off them, so you have, you have back and forth, uh, kind of fencing and such, uh, verbal uh, rhetorical fencing. But if Nicodemus speaks on behalf of uh, religious leaders and uh, Israel, well, Jesus speaks on behalf of heaven uh, and on behalf of God. Uh, you even see that, uh, that follows. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you that we speak of what we know and bear witness of what uh, we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so, Nicodemus does not, you do not receive our testimony. Believe the signs, declares him a teacher come from God, but he does not believe what he teaches, uh, which is from, uh, from God. And so you must, Nicodemus, you must be born from above. You must be born, uh, if, if you are going to see the kingdom of God, uh, one must be born from uh, water and the spirit if you are to enter into the kingdom of God. And 
uh, the, the Son of Man uh, descended to give eternal life uh, to all who believe from the Father and believe the, the words that he proclaims. And so it's all of the new birth uh, and all bound up with that, believing uh, Jesus' testimony, believing his words, believing the scriptures uh, through the Spirit and uh, sharing in his uh, purification as he came to do from the Father. And so we'll pick up on this, uh, Lord willing, uh, next week. It's the last week of the, uh, the month. I think it's the last day of the month. Uh, so, and then we'll uh, try and finish up and uh, see if we want to continue Gen uh, Genesis and, and John uh, will at least maybe eventually come back here too. So let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for your Son uh, and your your Holy Spirit uh, and for the new birth. I pray that we wouldn't believe in your Son just because of the signs and wonders that uh, the Apostle John has reported and all your prophets and apostles and uh, eyewitnesses uh, to the things that you accomplished uh, among them uh, through your Son and by your Spirit. But I pray that we would be those who uh, believe his word, uh, that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, uh, and uh, hearts that are uh, soft and receptive to your word, and uh, even give us mouths to uh, proclaim and testify that Jesus is uh, Lord uh, to your glory. And so uh, we pray that you would do this, uh, and that uh, the good news would go forth, and that you would open hearts and minds and give uh, eternal life uh, to all that you call to yourself, uh, to your people, uh, whom we don't, do not know, but uh, we, we only uh, come to know and see when, uh, when you uh, grant them repentance and faith. And so we thank you for these things, and we pray in your son's name. Amen.